who am I? How am I different? And why would you want me? This is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast, brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers and business owners, we explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity, and come away a happier and smarter marketer. This week's theme is personal branding, starting at the beginning. I had a guest on a few weeks ago who spoke about building your personal brand, but really from a different perspective. Pia, my guest that week, was able to navigate her way through both startups and very large Fortune 500 companies. When she discussed personal branding, it was more of a look back at her career and advice on building your personal brand, incorporating your career, your success, your skills, and really looking at how you're going to sell yourself moving forward at your new company or your current company. April Martini, today's guest, is the founder of Threadly and the co-founder of Forthright People. She's talking about personal branding as well, but again, from a different lens. She will talk about the emotional side, and she'll also discuss how critical it is to really open up and be authentic with yourself. And it's also important that you think about your personal brand, not only from a founder standpoint, but also anybody on the team should be thinking about it. And she'll give you some steps to start with when you're thinking about building your personal brand. So this episode is for anyone who wants to know what they need to do, how to get started, and really thinking about how to build and promote their personal brand. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. Today, we have April Martini. She is the founder of Threadly and the co-founder of Forthright People. April, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. I'm super excited to get started. Yeah. So personal branding, obviously, this is a topic that lots of business people, marketers, entrepreneurs think about, but it's something that maybe they don't always focus on because they have a day-to-day job. So I would love to just, you know, we're going to dive into all about personal branding and your experience and expertise, but I'd love to just start at the beginning. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background, how you ended up as a marketing and branding consultant? So yes, of course. So my background way back when started with a degree in graphic design from DAP at UC. And I quickly realized that while I loved the ideation portion of that world, I was not great at the execution of design. And so what that led me into was getting an MBA in marketing and thinking through, okay, how can I leverage the creative side of my brain to then put proper thinking and strategies in place for businesses as they look to create. And I couldn't have said it like that back then. I think back then, <laughs> kind of digging around and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But what that has ended up providing me is a really good mix of left and right brain and the ability to take great creative ideas, but make sure that they are grounded in the business and can be brought to market in a way that's going to connect effectively with consumers. And that's all through the lens of brand. My entire career has been spent everywhere from upstream brand building and product innovation, all the way through to advertising campaigns and execution on things like TV and social media and kind of everything in between. Um, So like I said, I couldn't have said back then that I wanted to be a marketing and branding consultant at the end of the day. Uh, But by having those kind of foundational pieces, I've been able to build a career around this idea of making sure that brand lives and breathes throughout every offering in a business. 
It's amazing. It's, and it's so exciting that, you know, your career path has brought you to exactly what you should be doing. So I love that as well. <laughs> so your partner who we've had on the show before, and she has come from the brand side and you really bring the agency perspective. Um, is yeah. that right? Okay, yeah. great. Can, can you just talk a little bit about how you two complement each other? Oh, absolutely. So this is always part of our kind of shtick. Um, and honestly, Ann will tell you, and, and I talk about this all the time, I wasn't super keen even to meet Ann in the first place. Uh, P&G can be a difficult client for agencies. And um, through my experience, there were lots of cases where I felt like we were being restricted and agencies love to be creative and we're the idea people, right? So I was a little bit hesitant. And then I was pleasantly surprised when I met Anne, just how well we thought together, we were building on ideas together. But really, when you think about that agency versus corporate side, you don't see that pairing very often. Because what I'm focused on is more of the foundational brand building, like I said, what is the intent? What is the strategy there? Who is the brand going to be? And then the fight is always to make that come through when we get to the communication side, which was a lot more of what Anne was doing on the client side at P&G. But what we found was an amazing synergy in the ability to challenge each other because we came from literally opposite sides on the, of the fence in every way, agency versus corporate, mm -hmm. where we were in the stream of business, how we thought strategically. And then we have this really nice merging kind of right in the middle where our beliefs about brand align and we can kind of give an end-to-end -end solution to any client. And we really feel like we've seen kind of everything between our varying experiences on those opposite sides of the fence. Gosh, it's so wonderful. Yeah, you two do complement each other so well. So that really brings together like the DNA of forthright people is so different. Can you share what, you know, how you're different from other companies or, or businesses like yours? Oh, yes. So uh, we really believe in creating action right from the beginning. So I think what happens, and this is part of my background too, and I'm at fault for it as well, is that the brand process can be a bit labored. And in the meantime, you have to run your business, right? And so where I've seen the companies that I work for and other companies get dinged is really in this process that can take weeks, sometimes months, trying to build up a brand. And in the meantime, you still have to be making money. Um, in a rebrand situation, you already have a brand out there. And so doing both things and kind of pressing pause just really isn't an option. And then when you think about the digital world that we're in now, things are moving even faster. And so what Ann and I have really focused hard on, we're really working not to sacrifice the brand, but at the same time to get things out there in the marketplace fairly immediately. And I am talking within a few days, a week at most. And what we're able to do is really leverage, again, that collective expertise and everything that we've seen, as well as the knowledge from the business owners, because they live this day in and day out, right? And so it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, completely polished. I think 80 for the 20 or even less of a, of a ratio there um, pertains, but we're really about creating action. And I think that's truly how we're different. And honestly, that's the feedback we've received from clients. You know, when they hear the word agency, unfortunately, it can be kind of a dirty word to a lot of clients because they've been burned by these long processes, huge dollar amounts, too many people in meetings, not enough doers as part of the process. And so that's what we're working against, but we're very conscious of that. And we really, really, for that reason, work to make sure that we're delivering something immediately. It's all about the immediate impact to the business. 
I love that. And, you know, there's so many clients that we talk to. So we work with obviously big fortune 500, and then we work with startups. And when we work with these very large clients, and I'm sure you've seen that they want to, they obviously have all the resources, but they want to mimic the speed at which these startups can innovate and go to market and then obviously get on shelf. So it's exciting that you're able to take that speed with all the years of expertise um, and really, really deliver the action piece of it. So who is that ideal client then for forthright people? So we really focus in small to mid- mid-sized businesses and then entrepreneurs. And again, it's because of that ability to be really nimble. Um, I think, you know, both Ann and I, you mentioned those Fortune 500 clients. We've worked with so many of those throughout the years. And obviously, Ann was at one of those, you know, the biggest one here in Cincinnati. But The issue with that, I think, is we both became fairly disenchanted by how long things could take. Yes, you have so many resources at your disposal, but there's also so many voices in those rooms. And I think it just becomes like turning the Titanic, right? It takes years sometimes to move things. I mean, I spent tons of years in CPG, and I would forget that I had worked on the project by the time it hit shelf, right? (laughs) So it's it just became kind of, I think both of us were at the point where we wanted to be able to match the expertise we have with the types of companies that are willing to take risks and make moves without reams of data behind them or without speaking to a hundred clients all over the country or the world. I mean, this was, this really became about finding those right companies. And we strongly and firmly believe that small to midsize and and even entrepreneurs are really that sweet spot for us because we get to teach, we get to work alongside them, we get to put egos aside, and really it lets us get to those great solutions and get things out there quickly. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I love that, like the turning the Titanic. I can totally picture it. And yes, we have worked with those clients too. That by the time they get the data back, it's the market's changed. I mean, look at the world we're in today. So I have so many listeners. So this is sort of an advice from you that think about consulting, going off on their own or doing it with a partner. You've done both. You know, what would you say are the pros or what would you say is the advice or watch out of having a a partner? What do you need to do or put in place to uh, help ensure success? Yeah, so this is a really big one for me. And I will say honestly that I never believed in partnerships, period, the end, until I met him. <laughs> so I have gotten lots of flack from lots of folks over my years and in my network when they discovered that I was partnering with someone because I so adamantly was opposed to that. And I think the watch out with partnerships is it is really hard to find someone who is your true equal and partner and find a person that you operate with at every level with the same kind of moral code or beliefs in mind, but then the ability to trust each other to get the work done and also share the amount of work that exists. So I think For me, I was so disenchanted. I'd worked at so many agencies and I'd seen partnerships. I'd seen groups of three. I'd seen it done kind of every way. What always stuck in my head in those situations was you'd reach situations where you needed someone to take charge. One person. It wasn't a debate. It needed to be made, you know, a decision needed to be made and someone needed to step up. And I just felt like it never worked. There was always a power struggle or, you know, one person would try to trump the other and it didn't work and it wasted so much time and energy. And so really at the end, um, you know, I had kind of an opportunity to potentially take over one of the agencies I had been working with. And I just decided, you know what, 
I had a kind of a bad taste because of that. I wanted to step away and I wanted to build it on my own. And that was really my thing. I wanted to build it on my own. And I realized two years in, honestly, that I was real lonely. And so Anne and I found each other, I think, at a pivotal time for both of us. And I wasn't sold for many months. I still wanted to hold to that belief. I mean, I'm a Taurus. I'm stubborn. I wanted to say I was right. And then it just became overwhelmingly clear that not only were we perfect in our partnership and perfectly complementary in skill, but I was learning so much and growing so much as a person. I mean, when I look back at my career a year ago versus where I am now, it is so drastically different. And I never anticipated that I could have that much personal fulfillment or growth with another person or that we could move that much more quickly. And so I think it becomes about really spending the time to find the right partner, not jumping in because it's opportunistic. Ann and I met for the first probably six months for three or four hours a week, just getting to know each other, having tough discussions, being really honest. And then when it comes time to make the commitment, I mean, you have to be able to have really hard conversations and debates, but then also know you have each other's backs at the end of the day. And I think those people are unicorns. I feel really lucky. Uh, I think that there aren't that many of them out there for each person. And um, I would say, you know, I just got lucky to find my person at the end. Yeah. And she is truly amazing. And as well as you. So I think to your point, you both bring something equal to the table. So there's of course that respect and trust, but I'm laughing because it sounds like you're describing a, you know, a marriage, because I mean, if you yes. think about, you have to court, you have to date, you have to get to know each other. You have to have the tough conversations, but you have to trust and yes. respect, but you have to have that moral code. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that when it comes to a partnership, they talk about all the other things, but that moral code, I mean, there will be times when you're, you're pushing and testing each other and you have to be aligned on that. So I, I love that advice and recommendation sort of watch out as well. So let's talk about personal branding. I mean, how do you define someone's personal brand or building a personal brand? Yes. So this is a personal area of passion, you know, I guess pun intended there. Uh, <laughs> And this is one of the places I would say I've really been able to be re-energized and kind of think about things differently and, and grow things differently. So we always start with what is the definition of brand in total just to ground the conversation, because I think even that is a nebulous term for people. And so Anne and I both speak about three questions to ask when you are either trying to tackle a brand, define a brand, build a brand, whatever it might be. And those are, who am I? How am I different? And why would you want me? And what we're looking for there is kind of that perfect intersection of being able to provide something different from your competition that your end consumer or customer is looking for. And so once you put that stake in the ground and say, this is who I am, and this is how I'm going to exist and what I'm going to be. then when you switch to the personal brand side, there are really four things that we look at and they, they really are and pertain to a person specifically. So I always say, think through the lens of that. You know, you've heard terms like brand character. This is really about the person's character. So the four things are your characteristics, your appearance and your behaviors and actions. And your characteristics are the things that you cannot change about yourself. So I said before that I am stubborn. I just am, I know that about myself. Um, I'm also an extreme extrovert. So those are the types of things that are just in your DNA. You're not going to change that about yourself. You are who you are. Yes, you can work to change how you react or behave related to that, but they just are you. When it comes to your appearance, this is how you show up. A lot of people talk about reputation. 
And I think that's a really good term for it or your image, right? It does play into how you're perceived by others, but it's, you know, how, how do you look when you step into a meeting? What kind of aura is around you? It's your physical appearance. Yes. It's also your tone, right? Do you shake hands? Do you hug? Are you super outgoing? Like what are the manifestations of those underlying characteristics and how would people describe how you appear? And then your behaviors and actions we link together because they really are close. So your behavior is the way kind of you act when you show up. Your actions are the things you do. So when I talked about like hug or handshake, that's an action. Your behavior is that you're outgoing. You're appearing to be someone who's confident and underlying that are your characteristics. And so those are things you really have to reflect on and nail down before you can actually work on your personal brand. And we have plenty of exercises and, and ways to do that. But really, that's ultimately how we describe it. And I think breaking it down that way allows for some personal reflection, some ability to kind of gauge and react to yourself and your and how you're you know showing up. And then also some specific things like situations that happen that you can kind of look back on and say, how am I doing? And am I showing up how I want to? And so that's all the things that I love, you know, the, the extrovert, are you, are you, you're stubborn, you know, I'm impatient. <laughs> I'm definitely an extrovert as well. But what about sort of the digital, like your digital presence, your content, do you work with them also, their social media accounts, their signature, you know, how you, I'm a, I'm a hybrid. I say, hi, I wave on Zoom, you know, is it all of that too? Oh, yes, for sure. So I think um, nailing down your brand and then your personal brand, those four components, then it becomes doing kind of an audit of all of those things that you just mentioned. And I think, of course, we all know now more than ever, we're in COVID, right? We're on screens with people more than ever before. So those digital presences become even more important. And what you're looking to do there is, like I said, audit, but you want to look for consistency against how you want to show up and use the channels appropriately to show that consistency and kind of build that story around yourself. I mean, the good thing about those digital platforms is if you work hard at managing them, you can kind of control the conversation to some degree and really affect your personal brand the way you want it to be reflected in those situations. But yes, it's all those things. And, you know, some personal brands require like an actual logo. Other ones are just about, you know, being really firm in who I am and how my tone's going to come to life on those channels. And so we work on verbal communication. I mean, it's kind of across the board and it really depends, I think, on whether you want your personal brand to be an actual business or whether you want it to just be who you are in different situations, but it runs the gamut. And like I said, digital is more important than ever. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. Yeah, so you bring up a really good point. You know, is it the business or is it the personal brand? So you work with founders or CEOs. Are you having them balance out how much they're spending building their company's brand versus their personal brand? Um, are they one in the same and then they go to sell the company and all of a sudden they're tied to it? They're the face of the company. Are you working with clients on that as well, that balance? Yes. So, and I would say that if it is related to the business, the personal brand is reflected in the way that that CEO leads. So it should 
be complementary to the company, but to the point you just made, the legacy can't all live within one person. And in fact, I've seen so many businesses over the years fail as a result of that, right? They have like a really charismatic, awesome leader. And these are usually on the agency side, right? Those big personalities. And then all of a sudden that person goes to retire and everything crumbles. That's not what you want. You want your personal brand, like I said, to be about how you lead the company, how you affect the culture, how you help to build it to what you want it to be. But then there becomes a point where you have to be independent from it. You have to allow that separate brand to be its own brand. You're not one in the same as the company. Yes, you can affect it, but that company has to be able to be its own thing. The people that work there have to be empowered. They have to live within the culture, yes, but they also have to help to build it and enable others to use it and communicate that across clients. And so I look at it as that leadership really being the person that sets the tone and then allowing and empowering the rest of the folks to really build the company and the brand and the offering and keep that moving so that when the time does come, that person isn't the only person that can continue that legacy on. Yeah. So you also bring up a good point. You know, I, obviously I'm a founder and CEO. I, I worry and think about my personal brand all the time, but I have all these teammates. And so, and you mentioned that people on the team, who should be thinking about building their personal brand? Should it be everybody within the organization, within the company? Our belief is everybody should have a personal brand. And I think If you don't, what ends up happening is two things. Either you become a wallflower, which unfortunately you get forgotten a lot of times in those instances, or other people define it for you. Both of those are really dangerous places to be. Building a personal brand doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be shouting from the rooftop who you are. I mean, if you're not an extrovert and you're an introvert, that's totally fine. Anne talks about that all the time and how her personal brand has been manifested from that angle. It's really more about being solid in who you are, being conscious of who you are at all times, and then making sure that you're preserving who you are and who you want to be out there in the world in those behaviors and actions you're taking and taking some time to reflect against that. And I think, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time, and I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, one of the hardest things for someone to do when they go out to be an entrepreneur, if they don't have a personal brand, is knowing how to communicate themselves because they've been under the umbrella of whatever company or companies they've worked for for all these years. I mean, you have to have your individual brand in order to be able to self-promote, in order to be able to build your reputation, if you choose to go on your own to build a company. I mean, there's all these different benefits to having it. And then along with that, like I said, being able to kind of control your reality and the conversation around you and be confident in who you are, no matter what situation you're faced with. Yeah, it's such, such good advice. Um, And I would encourage all listeners, obviously, to start thinking about it. So what about your own advice? I mean, have you, you talked about you are, you know, different because you weren't thinking of a partnership for years, and now you've got this incredible partnership. What about, you know, refining your own personal brand? Have you taken some advice and done anything to to help uh, work on yourself? Yes. So one really big one for me, uh, COVID has been, I know for a lot of people and me included, a time of personal reflection. And what I realized and struggled with was because I'm an extrovert and I get my energy from other people, not being able to be around other people really sucked a lot of energy away from me. And so I had to find different ways to 
get that collective energy and feel inspired to do fill in the blank, my job, spend time with my family. Like I, I just realized what an integral part of me it is to be around other people physically. And so I had to start thinking of different ways, right? Did I set up a chat with a friend on video so I could actually see them once we were allowed to meet outside? Like it just became another part of what I had to do. But then on the other side of that, the very first time that I was at a video shoot for the first time, I mean, I was like a golden retriever puppy. I just wanted to suck up all the energy from everybody. And the team I was with tended to be kind of like a more laid back, quiet team. And so I felt myself having to rein it in. And I think like those two instances, right, those are, are things that I have to spend time reflecting on about myself when I can't find the right energy or, or inspiration. I have to ask myself why I, I kind of have this ongoing feedback back loop in my head, but then I'm taking the situations I'm placed in and examining those. And then I think from the partnership perspective, Anne and I both had to redefine everything from talking from a we standpoint instead of I to mm. how we were going to split up the work and where we were going to have to give to the other person because we were both running our own show at that point, how we were going to have to let go of control. That's also something in both of us, right? We've been burned a lot over the years, so that was a big thing to overcome. Constant and ongoing dialogue, whether it is with yourself or with other people, that personal reflection, taking a moment to acknowledge emotions as they happen, and then just digging a little bit into why. I mean, I would say that before calling it a personal brand, this is something that lived inside of me anyway. <laughs> and it's so nice to be able to now do it as part of my job. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'd say in short, definitely taking my own, our own advice, um, and kind of just working on it constantly as things come up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so great. And, and I think those are the people that are, you know, constantly learning, growing, refining, working on themselves are the best people to be around. So I can totally appreciate that. So we're at the part of the show where I would love for you to share a positive story that you might have. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I thought long and hard about this. And <laughs> this kind of question always throws me because it's so broad. And I feel like I go through like a slideshow of my entire life. <laughs> but the one I actually landed on is kind of like where I had some humbling experiences in my career. So I think a lot of what I do now is focused on like servant leadership and empathy and listening and really embracing people. As I look back on my career, I realized that I was sometimes too much of a hard charger early on and that my expectations of myself were too high and therefore my expectations of others were too high. And I really didn't take a human approach. So I had several instances, I tend to be a very clumsy individual. And so I would have like a coughing fit on a phone call or like all these kind of like back-to-back -back sort of things started happening. And the biggest one for me was I was standing in front of a room of 50 FedEx professionals with my team. It was my first time leading a session completely on my own. And I hooked my heel in my backpack and literally fell to the ground in front of all of these people. And <laughs> I pulled back on that <laughs> As now it's really funny, right? <laughs> so, so humiliating. And I, I think about it now and how many of those types of things happened over the years. And I'm like, it was somebody telling me something, right? Like, chill out, be human. Don't work so hard to be this like facade professionally, you know, all of those types of things. 
And it took until, you know, I'd had what a dozen of those before I started to realize like, oh, I can't be perfect because, you know, the world's going to tell me something different if I keep trying to do that. But those learning moments, funny moments, you know, humbling moments, whatever, those are the things that I look back and think I grew so much from those when I learned what they were meant for and how to embrace them. Oh my gosh. I love that story. I will tell you, I wanted to be in pharmaceutical sales early on and they told me go sell something. And I sold copiers. And on my very first day of work, I was shadowing someone. I stepped backwards and fell down a flight of stairs (laughs) and I (laughs) laughed. I cried and I was like, humiliated, but I just said, right. Like you cannot take ourselves too seriously. And I do, I tell that story again and again, and I love your story. I mean, I was definitely not in front of 50 people and there are probably people today, you know, telling my story and your story, which brings me joy also. But I I think the reminder for everybody is like that being humble and, and understanding, like, don't put that pressure all the time on ourselves because we do. I mean, as leaders, that's part of what makes us successful as well. So do you have any final thoughts for listeners? Yeah, so I would say, you know, we've talked a lot about personal branding today and kind of the space that we're in based on COVID and the digital world we live in. And I think some of the feedback that we've received or where people take pause when we bring up this topic of personal branding or branding in general is, oh, it seems like such an undertaking. And I just don't know where to get started. And I'm not sure that's for me. You know, all these things. And I think some of the best advice I've ever been given that I try to live by is when you're in a moment and you feel intimidated, but you really want to tackle something, just do it a little bit at a time. If you want to work on your personal brand, ask your best friend how they would describe you if someone didn't know you or ask your spouse what your best characteristic is, or, you know, just start doing some investigating, start writing a journal and then going back and reflecting on it. It doesn't have to be this big insurmountable thing if you just break it down to individual tasks and don't let the bigger thing deter you from doing something that you really are energized by or feel like you could get value from. Such good advice. I mean, do you also think, I'll just ask one more question here. Do you also think that someone can change? So let's say I go through and I find out that I'm actually an introvert, but I admire leaders that are extroverts and I admire people that come into a room and command a room and maybe I'm not that person. Do you think they can change? Are there exercises or things that they can do to to work on themselves in that, in that respect? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Our inherent characteristics are important for us to know just so that we can deeply know ourselves, but that doesn't mean that you can't change your behaviors and your actions as a result of that. I mean, Anne will say all the time that she's an introvert. When I first met her, I didn't actually know that, and it's because she's done so much work to be a voice of influence, not in the loudest way, but in a truly effective way. And so she doesn't have to shout to do it but she has managed her introversion. And then on the contrary to that, she knows what she has to do to kind of recharge her batteries, right? So Mm -hmm. long time is important. Like this is all a matter of getting to know yourself, but then getting to know what you want to be and using your characteristics to either learn new behaviors or to utilize them to the best of your ability. So yeah, I believe everybody can change. I love that. I love that. But to your point, it's like innate, but then you can change your behavior and, and work on yourself. So how do people find you, April? How do they find forthright people? What's the best way to connect with you? So the best way is really our website. So our website is forthright-people.com. 
And in addition to that, you can find me on my LinkedIn profile. I would say those are probably the best two ways. We have all of our contact information on the website. And then personally, I'm always happy to connect on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, April, it has been so fun. I could talk to you all day. I do think good recommendation, starting with sort of those four steps and writing things down, just starting to document it. But thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Of course. Thanks so much, Sue. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, April, for your time today and for joining our show. Love your advice as it relates to building your personal brand and hearing how forthright people is different, how they take action and how quickly you can move while not sacrificing the brand or the company. To hear more stories and lessons from happy marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether Apple or Spotify. To learn more about community building, our Vesta Solutions delivers community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck, or to find us at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you so much. 